Hello. I think that was really, really. That was what really, was that? Hello. <laughs> I, I don't know how else to start it. <laughs> you sounded like a, you were trying to impersonate a villain. Yeah, like you, like the hero just got drugged and then like tied up, and now he's in like the basement of the hero's or the villain's lair, and then he just wakes up, and the villain's like, "Hello." Oddly specific, but yes, that is exactly what you sounded like. I know, I know. All right, on to business. Stranger Things season one is what we're covering today. Let's go to episode one. The Vanishing of Will Byers. One Will of my favorites. All right. So on his way home from a friend's house, young Will sees something terrifying. Nearby, a sinister secret lurks in the depths of a government lab. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. wow. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> no, I really like this episode. It's a great intro. The way he disappears with, like, I don't know, like a flash of light in this yes. humanoid Demogorgon. Honestly, poor Will. He goes from his friend's house. He sees something creepy in the distance. Falls off his bike. Already, I'm like, poor Will, falling off a bike at high speed. Not fun. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, rolls, runs through the woods by himself at night to his house. No one's home. Calls 911. Here's the monster on the other end. And then gets zapped. We cannot forget the part with the lock that undoes itself. Okay, that's yes. just terrifying. It's like a nightmare when you're trying to lock the door and the and person you, on oh, the yes. other side. Yep, yep, I, just, yep. I hate that part when he runs into the shed and he takes up the gun and he's just waiting for it to come through the door and you see it come up behind him. It's just like it's awful. awful. Also, how did it do that? May I just, I, how did it do that? Sometimes it does that and then sometimes it doesn't. Yes. It is kind of weird. It is a little inconsistent. My only explanation is like, the portals that we see oh, popping up. Yeah, he could have um, used a portal. Later in the Probably. season, in the woods with Nancy and Jonathan. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm thinking. And then the happen. light flashes and poor Will's gone. Mm -hmm. Yep. Cuts to my favorite my favorite part of the entire series. You're going to laugh at me. It's the opening with the <laughs> letters and the music and how like the bum bum is timed to the, the, the lines coming up. I love it. I love I do. it. I also love how you go through the chapter and yes. you just, it's so corny the but 80s I love it. white point font yeah it's great stuff it's perfect i love it it gives me the feeling that i'm reading an old book in like sixth grade yes yes usually like you watch like the opening of some tv series like once and then you start skipping it like i've watched these series multiple times and i never want to skip it yeah it's it's an awesome i just Every, like, other series, I will skip the opening. Never skip this. Yeah. Ever. All right. So then, after Will vanishes. One of my favorite characters parties. dies. Yes. In this episode. I barely got to know the man. Eleven runs into Benny Hammond's diner, trying to steal food from him. He catches her, and then he realizes something's very wrong. Yes, he see he was such a nice guy. He gives her all the food and ice cream that she wants. He calls social services to get someone there to take care of her. And then that lady just comes in and shoots him in the it's, head. It's it such a so it's awful. such an untimely ending for such a great character. I <laughs> kind of hope they'll bring him back, but I know there's no way. That there's is no like way. Not gonna happen. <laughs> it really set the tone it did. too. It, it set the stakes. What's at I, stake? I knew these people, these bad people. I didn't really know who they were yet or what their deal was, but they're willing to kill. 
Definitely. And they have the resources to cover it up well. Yes, because yes. then it looks like a suicide. Mm-hmm. Well, then we yeah. see Elle run off into the woods, which is where she later comes in at the end of the episode. Because the kids, Lucas, Mike, and Dustin, are disobeying Chief Hopper's orders <laughs> to stay at home. And their parents. <laughs> they sneak out at night, and they find Eleven. Now, just backtrack just a little bit. When Mike is going out from his house, he's sneaking out at night, and then he sees uh, Steve sneaking out into Nancy's room, and they both look at each other like we're both sneaking out, and neither can say anything to the other about it. I do like that moment. (laughs) I love that part, yeah. Yeah. All right, so then they find Eleven in the woods. It's kind of an awesome moment, because they hear some cracking of leaves and stuff, and they're like searching around, and then they see her, and then it just ends, and, and... you have to watch the next episode. And that's throughout the season. Yes. yes. Amazing. Seasons, cliff- plural. True. Amazing cliffhangers. It's made to binge. Yeah. It mm-hmm. seriously is. You cannot just watch one episode. Definitely. Now, episode two, The Weirdo on Maple Street, is a really good episode. It I- is. Mike takes her back to his house with Dustin and Lucas, and they first get to meet this interesting character i love just like seeing the boys interacting <laughs> with Elle. it just really amazingly sets up their relationship with her for the rest of the seasons it's so funny mm-hmm. and that scene when they first like have her on the couch yeah. and she tries to take off her t-shirt it really tells you a lot about the boys character with dustin kind of freaking out and luke is also kind of freaking yeah. out and dustin being kind of comical and Mike's more um, in tune with Elle and how she might be feeling and kind of understanding she might come from, like, an abusive kind of situation. Yeah, just, like, helping her and trying to just teach her and be gentle instead of just freaking out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely sets up their relationship moving forward. This In this episode, um, Nancy's friend Barbara also goes missing. Yes. The middle-aged aunt friend. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I, I have to, like, I feel bad saying that I didn't really care about Barb, but I didn't. It, she didn't have much of a character. No. She was very flat. I, I feel like they didn't give me the time or just maybe the quality time to care about her, unfortunately. But yes, so she goes missing and Jonathan Byers, who's out looking for his younger brother, takes ends up taking a picture of when she's last seen. And in the background, you kind of see the monster. Yes. Which is kind of cool because it's like it's in the shadows and you can only kind of see the outline. And I love it. It kind of looks like an adult Groot, doesn't it? You're not yeah, wrong. It does. <laughs> Without, uh, like, without, minus the face. Yeah, minus yeah. the face. I had yeah. not thought of that. Wow. But this seems also important because this is where I, they kind of lose me with Jonathan. Ugh. Like, I was really feeling him, you know? Like, his younger brother went missing. He He's hanging up signs at school, you know, missing. Will yeah. Rogers, like, it's really moving to me. But in this scene, he takes pictures of Nancy and Steve at a very private moment in his home and i just have trouble coming back yes for like the rest of the season and into season two yes (laughs) massive red flags pop up and i just couldn't get that out of my head for the rest of forever in the series i couldn't yeah it just kind of sets jonathan up as a pervert yeah Yeah. oh and uh we're forgetting the moment where joyce gets the phone call yes from uh she just picks it up and she hears 
what she describes as Will's breathing, which yes. then cuts into the monster making some creepy noises, and then the phone gets fried. Poor Joyce has to then buy another phone on credit. Well, then she starts seeing all the lights blinking and yep. gets up the idea to make her house like a, a Christmas tree with all the lights yes. everywhere, mm-hmm. which is just, and she communicates with Will through these. And that really segues us into chapter three, Holly Jolly, where she actually puts up those lights and starts the one blink for yes, two blink for no scene yes. with the bundle of lights, mm-hmm. where she asks him, is he alive? He says yes. Is he safe? He says no. Mm-hmm. And then she paints the alphabet on the wall. That kind of part, primitive, but creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how else to describe that it. That part when he um, spells run and the yes. monster's coming out at her. Oh my gosh, that part was so scary. And Nancy starts looking for Barb in this episode yes. too. And she finds her car. She goes to the woods where Nancy was last seen. And she sees something move around. And then... She gets questioned by the police, right? I, I think so. so. And yes, they check out the woods. Yes. There was nothing there. See, they're looking for Barb. Yeah. And she gets questioned. No one really believes her. but And this eventually brings her to Jonathan and his family because Mrs. Byers is also saying weird things mm-hmm. about what happened to Will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that really segues us into chapter four, the body. The kids with Eleven have been searching for Will. Yes. And Eleven says Will is alive. And And the kids believe her. Yeah. I don't know why. (laughs) Well, this is a part that we've really been, like, they've been learning a lot about Elle, and we've been learning a lot about Elle. Such as she has superpowers. Yes. And (laughs) And then Dustin brings up the, uh, like, uh, with with the Millennium Falcon toy, and he's like, make Uh, it float. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I love that part, yeah. I do well, love that we've part. We've been seeing like flashbacks to try to understand what happened to her. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah. This is well, also for these kids, they this is probably their first, you know, experience like this. And also they probably haven't had many experiences with death and a body hasn't been found for Will, so it's not ridiculous for them to think he's alive. Also, adults Hopper and Joyce are still looking for Will, so I don't think it's too ridiculous. But in this episode, Will's body does show up. Yep. And they get understandably upset with Eleven (laughs) because they think Will is dead, but she's been all along telling them that he's alive. And sorry, it's just our dog in the background there. Um, So uh, they get understandably upset with Eleven because she's been telling them that he's alive and then they find his body and they're kind of like right there when they pull his body out of the lake and it's a little disturbing for them. Definitely would have scarred me. (laughs) And that night when they go back to Mike's house, Eleven's fiddling with his radio and he actually hears Will singing as Mike would put it, that weird song he likes from, mm-hmm. uh, and you realize he is alive. And this is when they kind of figure out there's another dimension. Yes. Which they ask their teacher about, who happens to yes. be one of my favorite characters. <laughs> yes. What's his name? Scott Clark. Awesome um, man. In episode five, the flea and the acrobat um, at Will's funeral, they ask their teacher, Scott Clark, about... How to get to other dimensions. To which he says, you must be thinking about a dimension where Will is still alive. And they're like, no, actually, we're thinking about this super dark, dark dimension. He's like, oh, 
okay? <laughs> this is when he tells them about the upside down. And so they start to try to figure out how to get to the upside down because he, they think Will is there. And he tells them it's kind of currently not possible because it would take too much energy. We can't even generate that much right now. Yes. Mm-hmm. This is also around the time that Hopper is on, also on the trail of figuring out that Will is still alive. At the so, end of chapter four of the body, Hopper breaks into the morgue and he finds out that Will's body is a fake. And he gruesomely cuts it open <laughs> from like the top of his rib cage all the way down to his stomach. I mean like gruesomely, but like not because it's just full of stuffing. Okay, if you saw a body and you weren't sure whether it was real or fake, would you just take your knife, plunge it in, and rip it open like that? Probably not. A smaller cut would have sufficed to see that it was stuffed. Yeah. If I'm ever in this situation, maybe like a finger, a toe, <laughs> I don't just, know. Just a small cut would have sufficed. Yeah. I'm just saying. I, that part did kind of freak me out, to be honest. Yeah. It was a little disturbing. Yeah, well then after that, we see he... Hopper breaking into Hawkins' lab. Yes. And he sees, for the first time, it's really the first time a main character that we see looks at the portal to the Upside Down, and we know it's a portal. Yeah, I believe this is the first time that we understand that it's a portal. I mean, it was kind of hinted at already. Yeah, but we didn't see it. And there was that poor dude who, like, walked through the portal and then got eaten. True. But I, I also love this part because, like, the first thing that... Hopper does is like walk up and touch it. Like <laughs> seriously, you see this giant glowing spider web that looks thing. kind of like <laughs> sticky and gooey, and it you does. put your bare hand on it. I'm just saying. Like, well, I also honor. like though how it looks like a torn piece of fabric. It yeah, does. It does. It's cool. Like it's like the fabric of reality was torn. Definitely. Yes, exactly. I love it. Um, but he's also drugged. Yep. And then brought, drugged, back brought back to home. his home. So his house looks- is bugged. And then he kind of goes crazy and tears his house apart looking for the bug, but does find it. Which is satisfying. (laughs) (laughs) Like the last thing he checks has it in there, of course. So then he goes to Joyce's house and holds up a card that says, don't say anything. And then proceeds to have to tear down like the gazillion Christmas lights that she hung up bulb by bulb. The first time that I watched it, I just looked at you, Tim, and I was like, does he really have to take out every bulb? And you just looked at me and was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that must have been so... You know how long that must have taken? And this is also where he gets the idea that another child is involved with um, the Hawkins lab. Yes. Because in the lab, he had saw a little kid drawing to his, you know, what he says. Yes. And Joyce asked, well, what did it look like? Was it good? Because Will turns out to be a really good drawer and you know drawing he saw was just stick figures so this is where it's like whoa this could be bigger than just will buyers Mm -hmm. so he does a little research on this dr brenner aka the runner uh the runner the uh chief scientist of hawkins lab and he finds out he's been doing some strange experiments with people so he's like oh my gosh this could be bigger did he see something he wasn't supposed to see and got abducted Yeah, and this brings us into episode six, The Monster, which um, really has two main themes in it. You're with Nancy and Jonathan for most of the episode where they go monster hunting. Yeah. Yes. We also see the kids after Elle has connected them on one of their, like, walkie-talkie radios. Hold on. 
We've forgotten something that I really wanted to mention in episode five the funeral Lonnie shows up and I just wanted to mention he is a very weird hugger he like walks up to you like widens his legs a little bit bends them a bit and then hugs you it's like it's so disturbing it's a disturbing yes disturbing is the word I don't even like picturing that (laughs) sorry to break the flow but we had to bring that up anyway so in this next episode the kids take Eleven to the school where they hope to use the big radio they have there to let her connect to them with Will. Which they do. Uh, but they're not really communicating with him because um, concurrently his mother, Joyce, is communicating with Will. And you kind of see Will and his mother together for the first time, even though there's like a weird dimensional wall between them and it looks kind of weird and pinkish. But anyway, they're both like banging on the wall and then Joyce tells him to run and that she'll find him, so he runs away from the monster. It's kind of an awesome moment. It really is. It is an awesome moment. And then moment. that poor, like, radio they just got blows up in flames. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in episode six, Hopper and Joyce also find Elle's biological mother and go see her. Yeah. Yes. That's a big moment. It really they is. They find out a little bit of the backstory of Elle and what she's been through. Mm-hmm. It's also where you see... And just another level of the seriousness and magnitude. And the what problem. they're willing to do. Yeah, I mean, we come to a greater understanding of not just what our heroes are into, but what our villains do exactly. Mm-hmm. And you see how the whole situation is just kind of broken. Elle's mother, where she's just sitting in a chair repeating the same, like, few phrases over yeah, and like over again. Yeah, four words constantly kind and of I love it. how at the end before Joyce leaves the house she kind of looks at Elle's mother and she realizes that could be her in 12 years after you know trying to yeah. find her son it was a really powerful moment I think for Joyce's character it was definitely very important it's a big moment it's also I love this whole build-up to meeting Elle for yes. Joyce and Hopper because the aunt says, I know this is one of your favorite parts. My, so. my, one of my favorite parts. The aunt says, have you ever read any Stephen King? She can do stuff with her mind. And then Joyce and Hopper both look like, what have we gotten into? <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, you look scared. It's just, she's just, you know, crazy. <laughs> uh, it is a good part. And it's such a lead up for them it to is. meet her. I love that. Um, and then episode Wait, wait, seven. wait. We are not done with episode six. This is a big, big moment. Jonathan and Nancy go monster uh, hunting at night, alone, not telling anybody. They find this almost dead deer that was hit by a car. They're about to put it out of his misery when it disappears. They're understandably freaked out. So they spread out looking. Great idea. Always split up. Nancy finds a portal to the alternate dimension in a tree, and it's kind of like gooey and gross. She sticks her hand in, pulls it out, and is like, okay, and then goes head first through this portal and sees this weird monster eating the deer. And you I, also have to remember that she doesn't tell Jonathan either. She yep, just, just does this. Goes right through, not thinking. I honestly wish I could forget this part, because for most of Stranger Things, the characters are much smarter, much calmer than I would be in a similar situation. But in this one instance, I, I just cannot get behind Nancy and Jonathan. 
I know. I'm still not over him taking pictures of her. And then they're working together and doing just really dumb things. Yeah. They are Mm -hmm. definitely a weak storyline. Jonathan can't use a bat. Jonathan can't shoot a gun. Jonathan can't really run. But he can't take pervy pictures. He can't even really fight with his fists. Jonathan is like the useless (laughs) character of this. Technically, Jonathan did beat Steve, though. Yeah, but then Steve goes like awesome with the baseball bat at the end, so there's no way. Steve is way cooler. Steve takes out a Russian season three. (laughs) Steve is amazing. Steve has also provided much comedic relief. I can't think of one time Jonathan made me laugh. It's very true. Um, He just makes me generally uncomfortable. Or just angry. Just feelings of anger at having to see him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it, it, I, I don't like his character. Yeah. In any of the seasons, but especially season one. Our characters first start to converge because of Jonathan and Nancy, yes. though. When he gets arrested because he attacked the police officer. <laughs> <laughs> Can we just go to that? Yes, I, I know. Oh my gosh. But that is when... Hopper and Joyce go back to the police station where they are. And this is when they start to realize that something really weird is going on because their Mm -hmm. monster hunting connects to Joyce and Hopper finding, trying to find Will and running into Elle. Because I don't know if we've mentioned it yet, but uh, not Steve, uh, Jonathan caught a picture of the monster just before it took Barb. And it just, it looks like, what? how did you describe it, Patty? A uh, full-grown, an adult brute yeah. without the face. And it looks exactly like how Joyce described it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So they kind of realize their two, I don't know, adventures that they've been going on. Connect. They connect. Yeah. Which kind of leads into episode seven, mm-hmm. when our characters really start coming together. Yes. My personal favorite episode. It is one of the best. Yes. So while this has been going on with the other characters, the kids figure out that just like their teacher told them for the portal, that it would throw off all the magnetism, their compasses aren't pointing to north. So they follow it, hoping to get to the lab. Because the compasses are actually pointing towards the portal. Yes. So they follow their compasses, but it turns out L has actually been misguiding the compass needles. Um, and leading them back home. And she says, because it's not safe. And the kids are understandably upset. And they have a bit of a disagreement. Uh, Mike and Lucas have a fight. Elle accidentally throws Lucas off of Mike and hits his head. And he's kind of out for a couple minutes. <laughs> but he pops up just fine and runs away. Um, and they, they make up later. But not completely. Lucas still wants to forget about Elle. And just go find Will on their own. Yes. And Dustin and Mike disagree. This episode has some strong E.T. vibes. It yes. does. When the Hawkins lab people come to the Wheeler's home. And Mike and his friends are escaping on their bikes. First off, I love how he tells his mom. If anyone asks for me, I've le- tell them I've left the country. It's awesome. <laughs> I love and then Dustin hand. runs in. He's like, Mike, we have to go now. And then she's just like, what? Their interaction. I bet at that moment she thought it was just like some game they were playing. And then like, what is it? Like 10 minutes later, like the FBI shows up at her door. (laughs) And they're biking away. And Elle's kind of like on the back of his bike. And 
I'm just waiting for the E.T. moment. Yes. When their bikes start flying <laughs> and there's the moon and everything. But um, they don't disappoint. That doesn't happen. But Al does flip one of those creepy kidnapper vans. <laughs> it is a white van. I, I can't. It's, it's a like white van. Like, they all had to have identical kidnapper vans, you know? If you're a bad so guy, funny. that's what you do. Yes. I also love how throughout this, I think just season one, they keep doing that shot of the villain's feet coming out of their cars. <laughs> oh, such it's a classic. Villain's feet coming out of cars, creepy white vans, and briefcases. Yep, it's a thing. It is. The white lab coats. But know, she like... flips the van, and they get away, and they go hide in, I don't know, this kind of junkyard. Yeah, really. place yeah. they usually hang out, I think. And this is where all the characters are really Hopper meets the kids for the first time, because he comes and rescues them. Because they're trying to reach them to figure out where they are, because um, I think we skipped over this. So sorry to backtrack a little bit. But they found Eleven because the two kids were in trouble. Um... And Eleven came to the rescue, saved them, and in the process, the kid that she broke their arm because they were threatening them and trying to kill them, went to the police and told stories about a girl who could do things with her mind. Yes. At which point, Hopper realizes, okay, she's nearby. And then he says she's always hanging out with those losers, and he's like, what, what losers? losers? And then he finds out that it's actually um, Will's, friend. Will's friends. And that leads him to going to... Uh, joining up with Nancy and Jonathan, and they get an idea to call them on the radio. And they pick up after a while, and they tell them where they are, Hopper comes and rescues them, and then comes one of the best moments, they're all together for the first time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Joyce and Hopper get to meet Elle, um, and there's just, I don't know, like... There's awesomeness, awesomeness abounds. Yes. <laughs> they make a sensory deprivation tank, Dustin calls the teacher, Scott, Clark. 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 Clark, yeah. Clark. And then it's like 10 o'clock at night on a Saturday, and he's like, how do I make a sensory deprivation chamber? And he's like, why don't we pick this up later? And he's like, are you going to close this curiosity door? It's such an amazing part. And then he gets him, he gets him to tell them, and they yeah. make it, and it's really awesome. It's a good line. I have is. used it before. So when PJ times. didn't want to do something for me, I was like, are you closing this curiosity door? <laughs> <laughs> so then they make the chamber. Uh, Levin goes into the chamber um, and she goes and she sees Barbara's dead. Yes. yes. And she freaks out and is about to leave when Joyce comforts her. And this is a big moment for Joyce. I love, she's such and a great character. And Eleven. And Eleven. Um, for Joyce, she's such a fighter. She knows what she wants and she's going to get it. She's going to fight for her son. But you also see the really caring side of Joyce and how she comforts Elle yeah. who's there for her. It's just such a big comparison to some of the flashbacks we saw of Elle in the sensory deprivation tank getting freaked out by something and not being able to finish. Mm -hmm. And going to Elle's uh, flashbacks, I think they're really useful. They are. They, they really help you understand what she's been through and who she is. Generally speaking, I don't like flashbacks in something, but... In, in Stranger Things, I think they're well used. Very good. Um, so, moving on. She sees Barbara's dead. Everyone's really sad. And then she goes and she sees Will. And he's alive, but barely. And he's hanging out in Castle Byers, the little tree fort he built out in his backyard. In the Upside Down. In the Upside Down, of course. And so then, at the end of this episode, Joyce and Hopper go back to Hawkins' lab to try to find 
will. And they just they break in, but they get caught. And Nancy and Jonathan, true to their form, leave the kids at the school alone without telling them to go back to the buyer's home. And I mean, I guess their intentions were good to distract the demogorgon, but they should have at least told the kids before at least leaving. Told them, yeah, it, at the very least, told them. It was just very, it was very them. It very was them very moment. them. It was. Yes. So. On to the last episode in season one. All right, but before we do that, we're going to have a little ad break, and then we'll get right back. All right, see you in a bit. All right, we are back. Chapter 8, The Upside Down. Last episode of season one, Stranger Things. And it does not disappoint. It kind of does. No, it doesn't. I disagree. It is like one of my favorites. It is not my favorite. Really? Okay. Just think about this. All right. Let's go from the beginning. So they break in. They get caught. Hopper gets tortured. Joyce gets questioned. Also, may I just say our taxpayer dollars apparently go to chairs where you can fit your hands through like the bars (laughs) so you can't get out of them when you're handcuffed. There's like the fancy chairs for interrogation. Oh my goodness. The lab itself. Is yeah. a multi-million dollar. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Hopper gets tortured. They're going to kill him. And then he's like, wait, no, I'll tell you where Eleven is if you let me go into the Upside Down to save Will. And then they're like, okay, I'll bite. So they let him do it. They go into the Upside Down. I'm just saying the dark alternate dimension of our world and nothing happens. They aren't attacked by anything. Well, I think that that wasn't the point of them going into the Upside Down. They weren't going into the Upside Down to get attacked by something. They were going to save Will. But nothing, like, creepy happens. I agree. The Upside Down itself, when we finally get to see someone yeah, actually in yeah. it, is a little bit of a letdown. It's underwhelming. It is underwhelming. However, that scene really shows me more about their characters, because this is really where we find out what happened to Hopper's daughter. It is. And then we see what's really been driving him the whole season is that he wasn't able to save his daughter. Yeah. But he can help save these kids and protect them. And he gets a lot of closure from this experience. He does. Uh, Performing CPR on Will. Whoa, you're getting ahead of yourself there. (laughs) Well, big spoiler, they find Will. They give him CPR. (laughs) And it is closure. It is. So Joyce and Hopper go into the Upside Down, and let's go back to Nancy and Jonathan setting up their monster trap, and just might I add, they find out earlier that the monster is attracted to blood, and that's how it finds its prey. Which is never really brought up again. Never, no. Oh my gosh, come to think of it, In the other seasons, no. Um, Well... A little bit, but not explicitly. Not really. Not really, you're right. Um, But just... They cut their hands, okay? They take, like, a kitchen knife and slice their hands open. Like, it's also Which also, if I were to do this, just like, what if, I would not cut my hands. I would want to be using my hands without any blood and cut in the way. Cutting your hand is going to weaken yourself. Maybe a thigh. I don't know. No, you wouldn't want to cut your leg either. I don't know. Something I didn't need. Yeah. Just like, and also, if it, I guess they didn't know how much blood you needed, but just do like a little. Like, or they could have just like killed a chicken. I don't know if they had a chicken on hand. Okay, you're but... right. It was like midnight on a Saturday night. They couldn't exactly go buy a chicken. But I'm just saying, like, 
bad idea to cut your hand. It just seemed weird. But anything for the added drama. Anything. Oh, definitely. But then when, uh, right after that happens, they're all prepared, psyched up with their spiky bat, and Steve Harrington shows up <laughs> to apologize my to Nancy. favorite. My man. <laughs> Nancy opens the door, and Steve realizes she's cut her hand, and he's like, oh, are you okay? And then he realizes uh, Jonathan's in there, and he's like, did he do this? He barges in, and then he realizes... Uh, Jonathan has a spiky baseball bat, and he's like, what's going on here? And then the lights start flickering. Ooh, this was good. This I know. Good. And this is when the monster comes in, and they're plant. They get, you know, when they back that into the room, and they thought the monster was out in the hall, I thought that the monster was going to show up behind them like it did to Will. It had done episode. so many times before. Yeah. Because in the very opening scene of episode one, it had done the same thing to a scientist. Yeah. It was yes. extremely unsneaky during this yes. scene. It did that to the scientists. It did that to Will. It did kind of come up behind Barb, too, because of the picture we see it behind Absolutely. Her. And Steve reacts how I would react. Yes. Screaming, what is that? What's going on? Just general panic. General panic. Yes. Yep. <laughs> so when their plan seemingly fails and the monster's gone, Nancy, Nancy and Jonathan tell Steve to leave. Yes. He runs out to his car, but when he sees the lights flickering, we see him hesitate. And he decides to go back in. Luckily he did, because Jonathan is apparently incapable of firing a gun and incapable of wielding a spiky baseball bat because Steve runs in. Generally incapable. Gener yeah, incapable of doing and anything. And so this is the introduction into the amazing Steve. Is that yes. the amazing Spider-Man? It's the amazing <laughs> Steve. Yes. <laughs> exactly. He picks up the bat, he beats the monster back, brutal blows into the bear trap, and then Jonathan, finally recovering, gets up and sets it on fire. And this just starts him as a completely different character. Yeah. He's comical. He's amazing. He can actually do things, mm -hmm. unlike Jonathan and Nancy. And he has a great way of interacting with the kids, yes. the jokes, being their babysitter. It's yes. so Steve amazing. is the man. So Definitely. after having injured the monster... We cut back to, I think it's Joyce and Hopper, and they're walking through the buyer's house at this time, and the lights start going off. Now, I don't think we mentioned it yet, or maybe we have, but I'll mention it again. I love the soundtrack of Stranger Things. I love I, they're the playing lights. they're playing a song called I think it's like Christmas lights or hanging, hanging lights. lights yeah. Um and they play that song and it's just it's so fitting for that moment and Jonathan's like I don't think that's the monster as the lights go and they're walking along. It, the soundtrack really enhances your viewing. It does. It's like, just like it wouldn't be Star Wars without the soundtrack. It, it would wouldn't not. be Stranger Things without, without the soundtrack. soundtrack. So moving on, we now cut to the kids at the school still waiting. They know that Jonathan and Nancy have abandoned yeah. them without telling them because Eleven has apparently seen them. And, and here we get this really sweet moment with Mike and Eleven. While Dustin is off looking for the pudding that he claims the lunch lady hides, which she does. That. that would be me. That would be me. <laughs> but yeah, we see Mike and Eleven and just kind of some hopes and prospects for moving on if she can enjoy living with them and stuff. And, and we get Mike kissing Eleven for the first time. Yeah, and I'm just saying, just she's in the beginning of the season, she didn't know what friends were. 
I'm just saying, if someone launched at my face with their face, and I didn't know what friends were, that's like the extent of my social illiteracy. If someone launches their face at my face, I'm going to get freaked out and probably hit them. I probably would have been very freaked out, but it was still really sweet. And this brings us into when the Hawkins lab people break into the school. Yes, and that mean lady who shot Benny. Benny Hammond. Benny, the diner guy. They're cornered. Their point, guns are pointed at them. And Eleven squeezes their brains. A little gruesome, but it's kind of awesome. epic. Um, a little epic and a little, like, sweet revenge. Yes. And then she's kind of drained from that. That took a lot of energy. And then, quote-unquote, Papa comes in and takes her. But just before she does... There's a lot of blood on the floor, and the demigorgon arises. Yeah, arrives, not arises. <laughs> <laughs> um, how twisted it is! He calls himself Papa. It's yeah. kind of creepy, but that's kinda also really. an important moment because at first he picks her up, and she's like, "Oh, Papa," and then she just looks at him and says, "Bad," and then wants Mike. Mm-hmm. And so we see this change in her character that she's really come to the conclusion that she wants to be with these other characters. She doesn't want to be with them. She's made her stance. She's made her move Mm -hmm. and then the lights flashing is intense in this it is oh my goodness yeah they are not will induce seizures (laughs) they are not kidding when they have that warning from the flashing lights like oh my goodness it's intense a little excessive may i say like yes the monster presumably kills dr brenner but you don't see it Mm. it kills a lot of other people and the kids go and hide in this classroom. The monster comes in. Yes. Uh, Lucas is fighting it with his wrist rocket, which is just basically a glorified slingshot. And then Eleven comes up. And I love how they timed it. The moment the rock hits the monster, Eleven pushes it back. So at first you're like, wait, what? <laughs> I know. I, I just, I love how and then you see her walk up from behind them. And it was, it's just so funny it and is. awesome. And it's sad time. because she's already drained from... Um, before when they're crushing their heads and she says um what goodbye is it? goodbye yeah she yeah because she's gonna suck it through the portal and she just looks back at them and says i don't goodbye. think she sucks it through the portal i think she kills it okay fine but i don't know way, well she gets sucked through a portal yeah. so she know basically knows that this could kill her or at least send her through to the upside down she's gonna do it anyway she just looks back tells them i don't know if she says goodbye or goodbye mike but it, it was really touching it was and then she's she gone. knew she wasn't going to make it and i didn't i don't think she knew if she was gonna die if she just didn't have enough strength to do it or what but it was a touching moment. It was it a was. big moment. But she is sucked into the upside down. Defeating game. the monster. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they think she's dead. And the season kind of ends. Yeah. They're, they're questioned by the police, or the, I don't know, the police of the government. They're told to keep this quiet. Mike's asked about the kid. Uh, they, whoa, the season is not over. Well, they still <laughs> haven't saved Will. Okay, so they finally, <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't believe we forgot about that. Well, they so find the Will. Is kind of well, they had already found Will by the time yeah, I was doing true. this. And the season is kind of end. You kind of get that, what's that thing called? You know, like when Lord of the Rings ends? You get you that have this whole, like, 20 yeah. minutes of what happens afterwards. <laughs> yes. But we see a month later. Yeah. Well, you know, I just love Can that. we go back to them saving Will? It was kind of a big moment. I think we did go Did we cover him saving I, th- I think we did. Yeah, CPR, did. the epic CPR. I, I even though it was so like non-CPR, he's just like pounding chest. his chest. We got that. Okay, <laughs> we got them. So I think we're at the one month later point. Yeah. 
I love the one month later because in the beginning we saw the kids playing D&D and Will gets caught by a kill to by the Demigorgon. And this time we see him defeat the Demigorgon. It's yeah. just a really great full circle. And Nancy gives him a camera. Uh, oh dear, like he deserved it? <laughs> he did not. They I... broke his camera and he totally deserved it. And yes. then they give him a new camera. I'm like, yep. No. no. Yeah. Um, and we see Mike sad. Mike sad 11. about eleven. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing we see, and then is... we see Christmas dinner in the buyer's house. Yes. And Will, Will excuses, excuses himself. himself to go to the bathroom to wash his hands. And in the bathroom, he coughs up what appears to be like a gooey slug. Yeah, it looks like a tentacle of like a octopus, but it's yeah. like black and slimy. Yeah, and then the lights like flicker, and you kind of see him in the upside down for a yeah. second. It's 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 creepy. It's creepy, creepy. and it makes you want to watch season two. Yes. And it makes you realize <laughs> this isn't over. This is not over, and especially not for Will, that he's in some sense brought the upside down to to Hawkins to permanently. Hawkins. I really like yeah. that. Yeah, definitely. It's yeah. a big moment. Also, another important kind of teaser for season two comes in from Hopper. Yes. Hopper at the end is at a Christmas party and he leaves early saying he only came for the food, grabs some food and goes. And as he's walking out, as he's driving along, he pulls over, walks into the woods and there's like a little box and he puts food in there. And then he puts some egos and closes it up and walks away. And it's just a little wink at the next season that maybe Eleven is still alive and out there. Yeah. Because ever, I mean like the whole season she's eating egos. And may I just say, every time I see her eat an ego, I want to eat an ego. Same. Yes. I also love how Nancy, and I know this is going back a little bit, but like at the scene when they're making the sensory deprivation tank, Nancy and uh, Mike say they're never going to lie to each other again, to which Mike says the first thing that a little brother would be like, do you like Jonathan? And then she's like, no, clearly lying. And then she's like, do you like Eleven? And then he's like, no, clearly lying. <laughs> and then they're both like, Ugh. It is good. I do. I, I love I Season one for me, besides... I mean, there's a few flaws with characters, namely Nancy and Jonathan. Namely Jonathan. And, uh, namely Jonathan. <laughs> um, they really hit it on the mark. They did. I loved how Mrs. Wheeler behaved. Mr. Wheeler. I loved Joyce Hopper. The character interactions and the levels of ages was amazing. Amazing. I know Patty yeah. and I have really talked about this. They really got the middle schoolers down. They layered the ages perfectly. Yeah. The high schoolers and how their lives and views and the levels of maturity. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many times in movies and books, too, you see this attempted and failed and each of the levels of maturity interact with each other yes and when are parents ever involved and good characters that's if people have parents yes in oh movies. my goodness and in this they are both involved mm-hmm. they care mm-hmm. it's good yeah. overall like i give season one of stranger things like a 20 out of 10 it's amazing i go oh. 9.9 okay. 9 out of 10 and that <laughs> point one is jonathan <laughs> <laughs> true <laughs> Anyway, definitely would watch. I'd love to hear what other people think about it. I love some fan theories. Yeah. We've had a couple of our own. I know when I was watching it for the second time. And (laughs) and towards the end of the season, Hopper goes into a car. It's the end. Right after everything's Mm -hmm. concluded and it's like right after he gets out of the upside down, a black car pulls up and And he just goes in. And I was... I don't know. What if he was working for someone else? They've already questioned this when they were 
beating him up in the Hawkins lab. They're like, who do you work for? And he was like, chief of police of Hawkins, no one else, but. Which makes me think it's like a little like wink forward at season three when Steve's being beaten up by, uh, spoiler, the Russians. And he's like, I work for Mr. Scoops. (laughs) Yes, no, it was, but I do kind of wonder, was he working for someone else? Definitely. Tim also has a really funny theory. I don't know if my theory is all the other kids in the in the series, you see their parents or yeah, you see their parents. Um, except for Steve. Steve's the only person who only makes reference to their parents, specifically his father. Now it's going out there on a limb, but I think Steve's dad is Dr. Brenner. I agree. They have the same hair. They really do. Do you ever realize, like, Dr. Brenner's an older man. There is no male pattern baldness. He has the exact same (laughs) beautifully thick hair. It's white, (laughs) unlike Steve's, but it's the same. Beautifully thick. Beautifully thick. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Steve the Hair Harrington. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well. It's great. Season one, would watch. 10 out of 10 recommend. Yeah. I think that finishes it. Just about. All right. Thanks for watching. Come back next time.